All right. So here we are. It's 11 o'clock. Give me an hour, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm, I'm not a short speaker, but it's because God's given me so much to say, and there's so much, there's so much information that needs to come along to you. There's so much revelation that needs to be spilled out from my time in God because what happens is, if, Brother Ricky, if I take and fill this cup up right here, well, what happens? It begins to do what? It begins to overflow. So today... You need to have your cups out. You need to have your cups out so you can capture what's overflowing from my spirit so that you can do what? So that you can overflow into others, so that you can be that that uh, SLM, that salt and light to other people around you. Because God has never, he didn't call us to, to make converts. When we, when we go back to Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, he said, go ye therefore unto all nations and do what? make disciples so 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 if someone becomes a disciple then that means you've trained them you've taught them and you've prepared them to do what to go out and to make other people disciples not converts it, it, now don't get me wrong it's important that we become converted but but there's such a difference between being converted and becoming a disciple converted is someone that just has hey I'm saved I'm comfortable in that we say God has called us to so much more, so much more. And here we are in the last days. Baby, I just want to make sure, is everything working over there fine? Yeah. Okay, good to go. So so now that we got that out of the way, last two weeks it didn't record on us. Something happened with, with something going on. So don't pay no attention to the cameras that we got going on. Uh, I'm just dabbling in a little bit of technology and trying to... Uh, get ourselves up to par so that we'd be able to reach not just the people that sit here or in the building when we get there, but so that we can reach out. Because over the years, the past couple of years, my podcast has reached like 3,500 different people. It's been downloaded 3,500 different times over the past two, two and a half, well, almost three years now. And, and I mean, it, it's reaching people in California, New York, Michigan, Washington, Florida, India, Russia, the Philippines. I don't know anybody that lives outside of state. Do you, well, I would say do y'all, but you may. But I see me personally, I don't. So I don't know anybody to say, hey, will you share this across the board? But the reality is, is, is they don't know me, but guess who does know me? Jesus knows me. Jesus knows me, and that's all that matters. Because what he wants to say is going to become abroad. It's just a matter of if we're going to listen. And, and, and man, see there, I'm so good because I done started going and I forgot to hit the timer. So I, I picked up an extra few moments there. And, and we'll just take advantage of that. We don't have no kids in the nursery. We don't have nothing on the stove cooking. So we don't have anything that's going to interrupt us except for maybe my dogs. And if they get to going, just bypass them. Just, just override them. Uh, they're just a bunch of big babies. So we're just going to flow as the Holy Spirit gives me. So here we are is, is we're going to be on part two of adjusting our sights. And we can begin to imagine already of anybody that shoots a rifle or shoots a gun or that has shot a gun or that might be Daniel Boone or, or, or might have been in the military or maybe even seen things on YouTube or et cetera, et cetera, that, that could point us in this direction about what adjusting our sights means and what that just really means. If I could just make this purposeful here this morning, if we could, is when you adjust your sights, that to mean to adjust your sights means you're missing your target. It means you're not hitting the bullseye you might be hitting the piece of paper but where do you get more points at right down the middle right down the middle so when I was in the Marines they, they always emphasize one shot two kills you know so that that was you know, save the bullets and let's hit two targets with one bullet uh, did that ever happen for me absolutely not <laughs> would it happen with me now uh, probably not again, but spiritually, that's my aim. So I want to get into scripture because it's our flagship. Our flagship for, for this series is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, those that have your paper, they'll be on there. If not, well, guess what I did? Boom! It's on the screen for us. Uh, for those that are viewing us online or via podcast, via podcast, you might have to open your Bible. Just very listen very intently. Those that are viewing us, uh, just make sure you're reading the screen. Baby, I don't think that I, I flipped that over, but we'll, we'll worry about that some other time. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. I'll read this out of the ESV version. And here's what Paul had to speak to the church of Corinth. He says, so whether we are at home or away, he's talking about here or 
or in the presence of God. Here or in the presence of God. Well, are we in the presence of God right now? As far as in standing before Him? Uh, we No, we're here right now. We're here. We're just aliens. And one day we're going to go home because He's going to call us, but not until then. So until then, we're here. Boom, we're on the same page. Now let's keep going. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to what? To please Him. So, so now we're getting into understanding what adjusting our sights is. Because sometimes we failed, right? We failed to please Him. And what I want to do is I want to branch out on another bracket today, if I could, that brings to home the target that we need to be hitting. But before we do, we're going to spend a few moments recapping from last week. I, I failed to upload uh, at least the audio for last week. I still have the audio. I just don't have the visual for it uh, but I'll make that uh, I'm off tomorrow anybody off tomorrow come on retired people I mean <laughs> and then you all are off that's awesome that, that is good to go there so praise the Lord so we'll all get some some rest and and then maybe you'll get a chance to listen to the podcast or watch today's video again I'll be more than glad to share that with you uh, or you may even share it with other people but let, let's continue reading verse 10 it says for we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ well what does the word judgment mean the word judgment just really means a decision it's a decision that is based off of what we continue to see here at the end of this verse it says whether good or evil so was he talking to the sinner man here because no because he said uh, I, I don't have it but he as he says as he spoke this letter was to the church of Corinth so so he wasn't talking to the sinner man because the the cold hard fact is that whether home or away or here or away it is not in reference to the sinner because they've only got one other place that they're going to go and that's not that's not standing and appearing before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat. Now what we're talking about here this is the judgment of how we have walked according to how God has called us to walk. How God has called us to walk. So what happens here is our sins have been eradicated. So what we do now is now we're going to face a judgment of how we have walked and how he's called us to walk. We're getting somewhere here. So I want to move on to the next part of this. And the Greek word for the word aim, y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for this Greek word? Anybody want to hit the pronunciation button on that one? No. No? Philothemeoma. Mioma. Philothemeoma. Means to, to be fond of honor. Phileo, anybody heard the word phileo, the Greek word phileo? It's another word for love. So it's to love, time or tiame is to honor, to honor. And so uh, uh, actuated by this, move, this motive to strive to bring something to pass, hence to be ambitious to make it one's aim. So now if we could regenerate this sentence, We'll move on to our next slide. If we could regenerate this sentence. So if we couple this statement with a way for us to have further insight on this, it would read it this way. The ambitious labor of love will bring honor to God is what pleases Him. It's our ambitious labor of love in honor uh, will, will bring honor to God is what pleases him. So if you got your notes, you might want to put an asterisk by that one. I didn't underline anything. But what, what I want us to see here, excuse me, is that this is what the aim is for us to be doing. This is our aim in everything that we do. Because Paul even said, he said, he didn't say for all things give thanks. He said, in all things give thanks. He didn't say, Lord, I thank you for this sickness. No, Lord, I thank you that I am healed. I, I thank you that you allow me to survive, that you are bringing me through this. I thank you, Lord, not, not, not that the fire, I don't thank you for the heat of the fire. I thank you, Lord, that the purpose of the fire, I thank you for what it's going to bring out. I thank you for the results of what this fire is going to produce. So some of the, some of the synonyms of aim is intend, desire, objective, our target, plan, 
and a purpose. So all of these words here are synonymous to aim. It, it, it portrays the very same picture. This portrays the very same thing that Paul was trying to associate to the church of Corinth. So what I'm doing here today is I'm trying to translate this very same thing to each one of us here as I've sat down and the Lord has made this message very personal. If anybody's ever preached, if anybody's really like ever preached and walking in a call and you understand that when God gives you a message, well, guess who that message is for first? Yours truly. For me. For me. Because it becomes... It, it 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 sits and it settles at home, you know. Uh, you know, we started having service a little over a year ago, but it was just more of a Bible study that we were doing. And come January one, which January one just happened to be on a Sunday this year, the Lord said, "Okay, now it's time for you to move, move further, move into more." And and I sat back and I'm like, oh. Lord, I don't know. I, I, I do know, but I don't know. But the reality is that every message, now I've been preaching for over 20 years, and yes, I walked away from the Lord, but everything that I've even been preaching on my podcast, everything that I sit here and I've preached thus far this year, it's all sitting right here, in between here and here. You know, and so many people miss heaven by 18 inches. You know why? Because it never hit their heart. It's just in their mind. And they miss heaven by 18 inches every single day. They miss heaven by that much. You know, and how, 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 how close is eternity? One breath away. One heartbeat. Because we never know when our last moment is. We've seen that for so many people uh, that, that each one of us has known that we've been associated with. You know, and Brother, Brother Joseph, you know, my heart goes out to you. You know, your, your very close friend passed away. And, and I know that that hits you. But the reality is, is, is five years ago, nobody ever saw this happening. But the reality is, is, is one day it's going to happen to each and every one of us. The question is, is where are we going? What are we doing to propel ourselves there? If we've, if we've asked for forgiveness and if we live in that forgiveness, okay, well then heaven's our home. So the next question is, is now how are we judged? What, what is the, our judgment for what God is going to have us to be doing in, in heaven because we're going, to, we're going to have a work to do there as well. So I don't, I don't want to get too deep into that. So what I wanted to do is I just wanted to lay these foundations um, out for you so that you could see this and in, in where we kind of talked about last week and some of the things that, that we went over. And, and I think I did pretty good because I got that out in like 10 minutes without re-preaching the old message again. Now next week, I don't know if we'll do that. But, but we'll just move how the Holy Spirit moves upon me because this is what the Lord was speaking to me when I sat down on Friday uh, in prayer because I love it when I, I'm here alone and nobody's bothering me. I just have that time just to, just to meditate like the music you heard when you first walked in. Oh yeah, buddy. That that's my prayer music. That's my meditation time. That's that just keeps me encompassed in that presence. So so now we want to go on to our scripture for for this week. Mark chapter six. Excuse me while I I refresh in my palate here. Mark chapter six verses one through six, and I want to highlight on some of these things here this morning. But what I want you to do is before we do, I want us to stop and I want us to pray because I, I, I want to make sure that this is none of Pastor James, that this is none of me, and that this is every bit about him. So, baby, go back to our previous slide so, so we ain't spoiling the... Uh, in the back there. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for you gracing us, Lord, with another opportunity, Lord, to call upon your name. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege, Lord, Lord, that we can stand here, that we can sit here, Lord, that we can dwell in your presence. Lord, as we come, Lord, this morning, you said we're two or more together. Lord, we already know that you are here, but Lord, we want to continue and we want to remain in the invite of Holy Spirit to come and to reign, to come and to minister to us the heart of our Father. 
Because in the book of John, that's exactly what you said that you would do, that you would come and reveal all truth. Lord, let us hear all truth. To reveal means to, to reveal or to uncover something that is hidden. So Lord, bring us revelation, Lord, because revelation causes us, Lord, to be transformed into the likeness and the image of who you are. Lord, I pray today, Lord, that, that nobody here, Lord, would hear my voice, but they would hear your voice within my voice, Lord, that you would minister to them, Lord, in the way that you desire, Lord, that nothing's planned here other than what you have in, in store for us, Lord. Bless this time that we have together, Lord, to, to grow and in fellowship with you, and we thank you in Jesus' name, Lord, amen and amen. Now we can go back to our slides, sweetheart. Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Read along with me, uh, either on the screen or on your paper. And it said, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, Why did he, well, excuse me, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and brother, his, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Follow me with verse 4. Now watch this now, watch this. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored. Let's just stop. Then, then what was the two words for Ain Philothemia? Love and honor. Love and honor. Now let's watch how honor becomes synonymous and what our aim is to be here. Follow along with me again with verse 4. Then Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except his hometown and among his relatives and his own family. Verse number 5. And because of their unbeliefs, time out, time out, he just talked about honor and then he referenced it with as what? Unbelief. Unbelief. So another, so another synonym for honor is what? Disbelief. 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 Because when you when the opposite of honor is dishonor. So dishonor also means what? Look at me here for a second. Dishonor also means to treat as common. Wow. To treat as common. How many times have we just treated this word as common? Oh, well, I read, I read four or five verses today. Was it just common, though? Was it just out of the, oh, well, I need to read my Bible? Or is it, the, Lord, I want you to speak to me today. I, I need I need I need you I need this to change me because we can't change this but this can change us it can change every facet of who we are it changes everything because it's what it is it is power it is authority and at this at his name at his word everything is subject to it Everything is subject to it. Our situations don't dictate what His Word says, but His Word dictates what our situations are. You'll follow me with that. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter that, 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 that Peter and them were out in the storm. It doesn't matter that they were being tossed to and fro. Well, what happened was Jesus spoke and He said what? He said, peace, be still. So the Word did what? The Word brought calm. The Word changed the storm. The Word changed the situation. How much of God's Word are you speaking over your life? How much of God's Word are you speaking over your healing? How much of God's Word are you speaking over your finances? Are you speaking over your family members? He said His Word is a short word of prophecy. He said that I stain my Word above my name. What's His name? Jehovah. It's Yahweh. It's Adonai. It's Elohim. He's, he, he, Moses said, who do I tell them sent me? And he said, tell them. He said, I am that I am sent me. So when you translate that, you know what, it, you know what the translation of I am that I am? I will be what I need to be. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light, I am the true vine, I am the Alpha and Omega, I am. He is the everything that He needs to be. 
So why aren't we letting I am be, be the very top sentence of our situations? When, when this hits home, this will change you see and that's what we're here to do this is part of my casting of my vision of what god's called me to do is matthew 20 go and make disciples not go and make converts i want people to be converted i want people to flee from sin but what i want people to do is i want people to be strong and courageous to go out and to seize the land that god has promised us why are we not seizing this is because this is not being preached in our churches today i'm not saying every church don't get me wrong but what i'm saying is there's a there's a watered down gospel that's being preached and a watered down gospel produces a watered down christian i'm not again i'm not saying every church but what i'm saying is that what god has given me is that we are not your every sunday church and that isn't a slogan that I've came up with myself. That's what God's given me. And that's what we're moving in. And that's what we're going to roll with. Uh, so let, <laughs> so let, let us get back to verse number four here. Uh, so I want, to, I want to recap on that and to continue to flow with it if I could. Verse number four, it said, Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Verse number six, and he was amazed. You know, there wasn't too many places in the Bible where it says Jesus was amazed. You know, it caught him by surprise that they had dishonor for him because they saw him as just being what? The carpenter. He saw them as being, they saw him as being Mary's son. They saw him, you know, as his brother. So what did they do was they treated him as common. Oh, you're just the son of Joseph, not Joseph sitting here with uh, his nickname is AKA for me, and I've heard it from other people, is, is Broseph. Broseph, Brother Joseph. And so, so, so they treated him as common because they related him as just this. This is all we see you as. But the reality is, as they begin to question, is how does he speak with such authority? How, does he, how is he able to perform these miracles? And because they dishonored him or, or slashed because of their unbelief, what, is, what did verse number five continue to say? He said that he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people. So instead of opening the eyes of the blind, instead of raising people from the dead, he just went over there and he said, oh, your headache be healed in the name, in the name of my father. You know, oh, you know, you got a science affection, be healed. And this was all that Jesus was able to be able to do. I know I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of paraphrasing or placing that in there, but what it does is it places that he was only to able to do a few small things. But he wasn't able to do all that he wanted to do because they did what? They dishonored him. They treated him as common. So what they missed was their aim was off. Their aim was off and they were missing the target and they couldn't get everything that God had for them because of disbelief, because of dishonor. So, so uh, let, me, let me read from my notes here for just a moment. So it says, notice the relationship that Jesus put between honor and unbelief. He placed them in the same category and used them as synonymous. Everybody knows what synonymous is or synonymously. Just means the same word, just same meaning, different word. So turn over with me to John chapter 3 verse 36. I want to point something else out to you here. And it said, anyone who believes, underlined, in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remain under God's judgment. Are you tracking with this? Because here he says believe, and then he uses the word doesn't obey. So, so, so synonymously, what does that mean? To believe? What's the opposite of to believe? Unbelief. Unbelief. So, so what would be the opposite of, of obey? Disobey. To disobey. So if we take the dozen off, and if we instead, so the opposite of disobey is what? Obey. obey. So anyone who, so if we replace that word believe with obey, you follow me? You follow me? Yeah. And, and seeing these are the things that so many people will begin to overlook because they're, oh, I just, I need to read my Bible today. I need to read, I need to read my Bible. I need to read my three or four verses. 
But did you hear what the Spirit's saying here? Yeah. You hear what the Spirit's saying here? So, so disbelief is also synonymous with dishonor. And if dishonor and disbelief is synonymous with to not believe or to not obey. To not obey not obey so so what was the very first thing what was what was that that they disobeyed because they treated him as common and so what was what's the first commandments you shall honor the lord your god man did they miss that why did they miss it it's because they're looking at something differently if if i don't have it if i don't have a blank screen either but if i drew if Okay, everybody can see right here. Cameras can't see, y'all just bear with me. If I draw a six right here, y'all seeing that? What do you see from where you're sitting? Nine. But what makes this absolute truth? The one who authored it. And God authored that what his word is is final. It doesn't matter where you're viewing it from because it's absolute from the author. And the Holy Spirit being the author of God's word makes that what makes this absolute so it doesn't matter what we call sin if the bible calls it a sin well then guess what it is if god calls homosexuality a sin well then guess what that is and we read in the bible those that practice such things drunkenness homosexuality the list goes on and on it said that they shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven so why are we getting a church is why do we have churches that's preaching something opposite of what god's word says who authored this again? We better get ourselves in check. Because Jesus said that many, it said the many will be deceived. In the last days, many will be deceived. In Matthew chapter 24, 25, 24, four times, four times the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, what's going to be some of the signs of your returning? What's going to be the signs of the end of this age? Jesus talked about a bunch of things, but you know what he mentioned three more times than he did anything else? Deception. Being deceived. What's wrong with being deceived? You think you're right, but the reality is, is you're wrong because you've done what? You believed a lie. We've all believed the lies before, but you know what's worse than just being deceived? Self-deception. When nobody else can change your mind about it because you've made up your mind. You've, you've got your heart set on this is it. I'm going to make it to heaven because I'm a good person. What does the word say? There's none good, There's none good but the Father. Do you, you notice the young rich ruler? What did he say when he came to Jesus? Good master, good master. What must I do to be saved? What must I do to inherit eternal life? We play a part in this. And the part that we play is to surrender. Anything that we still fear is what we've not surrendered yet. Anything that we still fear, we've not surrendered. I'm guilty. Can I put both hands up? Can I be honest and transparent here? I'm guilty. It's a daily sacrifice. It's a daily moving into the more that God's called me to. So, so I'm going to retract back to my notes here for, for just a moment. So just as we see in this case of Jesus being in his hometown, because of this, their dishonor or their lack of faith in Jesus' words placed a limitation on the manifestation of the Word of God. It's not that Jesus couldn't do it. It's the reality that, that they didn't move God. They didn't move God because they lacked faith. They lacked uh, belief. They lacked obedience. Follow me to Hebrews chapter 6. I'm doing really good on time today since I picked up that extra few moments at the beginning. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 11. Read what the writer of Hebrews had to say. He said, And it is impossible. Talk time out. What does impossible mean? It can't happen. It's not doable. It's impassable. There's no way around it. There's a roadblock. There ain't no going under it. Ain't no going over it. This is it. This is the limitation right here. You're not getting there 
So we continue to read. And it, said, and it is impossible to please God. What was our aim again? To please God. It said, but it's impossible to please God without faith. And anyone who wants to come to Him must. Recommendation? Oh, I, you know, we've all installed computer stuff on our computers before. Here's your recommended software. Here's it's recommended that you have this much space on your computer. You, was it a recommendation? Did he even suggest? What did he say? Must. Must. Again, it's impossible. It is a must. There, there's no getting around this. So it said, if you want to come to, if anyone wants to come to him, must believe that God exists and that he is a what? He is a rewarder to those who casually, casually, when it's, when it's a good time for me, when it's convenient for me, when, 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 when I'm in the grocery store, but I'm embarrassed because other people are around, or you know, I'm in a group of people that I don't know, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna raise my hands and just seek you, seek your presence, to seek your face. You see, Jacob, Jacob called. He 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 came face to face with God, and you know what he called the place? He called it Penal. You see, and when he came face to face with God, Jacob began to do what? <laughs> not pimping. <laughs> he had a different walk, and he walked that way the rest of his life. So he became known by the way that he walked. People knew that he came face to face with God. Can people see that in our life? Is our walk a manifestation to other people of how we are walking with God? Because we just finished up a series called The Fellowship with the King. And fellowship means to walk or to have mutual movement, to have the same intention. We go back to the word aim again, to have the same intent, the same objective, the same purpose at mind and at heart. See, because in the book of Amos it says, how can two walk unless they agree? We can't, we can't accomplish the goal if we're doing different tasks, right? So if we're on the same, because God's not going to get on our page, we have to, he said, he said in his word, he said, come up to my higher way of thinking. Come up to my way of thinking. Because our, our, our thought process is too small for God. We've got to come up to his way of thinking. And his way of thinking is what? Your word. Heaven and earth shall pass away before what? My word passes away. So I always place so much emphasis every single time you may talk to me, every time you may see me, every time I get here behind this pulpit, I will place the emphasis of being in God's word. Because to know God is to know his word. If God is, if you're saying God is speaking to you, but you're not reading your Bible, then I'm going to question is God really speaking to you because when God speaks to you he's never going to contradict what <laughs> never he's never going to contradict his words just like brother Joseph when I met with him several weeks ago you know and then he called me and said pastor you know the Lord spoke to me and and kind of just paraphrases why not why not everything else you've done you've stepped out on faith so what did that represent everything that we do is by faith because without faith it's what Come on, man. Y'all getting this. This has got to hit home. This, this has got to propel you. It's got to push you on into the more. It, it's okay. Y'all just listening really good today. That's fine. So notice the emphasis on how faith is foundational to pleasing God. You notice that? Because it's impossible. So it becomes a what? It's a key. It's a key that unlocks the door. If you hadn't earlier this year, I preached on a series, seven-part series called "The Keys to the Kingdom." If you hadn't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Uh, very, very foundational uh, teachings of the Word of God. Uh, again, just some of the things that I, I don't hear a lot on Facebook. I don't hear a lot on YouTube uh, of these fundamentals that are being taught. See, because before you can build a house, before this house was built, now I say this is a slab on gray. So before this house was built, what happened? There was a foundation, and if the foundation ain't solid, well, guess what the house is going to do? When you, when, when Pastor, when uh, Pastor Al preached last week, he's talking about the, 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 the two houses that were being built, and one was built on the rock, and the other one was built on the sand. But you know what? Both of the houses look just alike. But what, but what was the reference of what they really were? The storm defined who they really are. 
the storm defined who they really are because the house that was built on the sand, he fell. But the house that was built on the rock, and who was the rock? Jesus Christ, when our faith is built off of this Word, again, you've got to be in the Word to, to be able to put this foundation in place in your life. And in the book of Hebrews, you get to read it sometime, Hebrews chapter 6, it gives us the six foundation fundamentals or the principles of what Christianity really is. And if we, if, and when, 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 well, I'm getting on it. <laughs> my brain's moving faster than what my lips are right now. But, but when we, when we, there we go again. Stop. Time out. Hammer time. Um, when, when we get to the point where these things become the fundamentals of our walk with God, our fellowship with God, our walk with Him, to be mutually in movement with Him on these things, everything that God wants to do is limitless. There's so much more. It, it, it even said in the Scripture, it says, it said, that, it said that, that the Spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus without limit. With, and, he was a baby, but yet the Spirit of the Lord was upon him without limit. And we get to John 1.16, and it said, In the fullness of who he is, so are we. So, so are we because we because it's the grace of God that allows us to be everything that he's called us to be. Everything. We, we, we can't just put a limitation that grace is just forgiveness of sin because then we do what? If I've got, if I've got five pennies, Brother Bobby, and, and I only give you one, well, then now what happens? You didn't get the rest of it. But see, Jesus said that you know, He is the fullness of God's grace. He is the fullness. So why would we not want the fullness of who He is? You know, if we were a basketball player, and, and if somebody's, and, and if I said, you know, you want you want to go into places. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the abilities of Michael Jordan on you. Then what does that mean? You're gonna be the goat. You're gonna be the greatest of all times, and and you're gonna dominate the field. So why would we not want to operate in the fullness of Jesus Christ? Because then that does what? It empowers us to be the goat as well. Because did Jesus not say, everything that I've done, you shall do, and what? And greater. So he said we're going to do everything that he's did. And then the emphasis that he put on it was and greater. Yeah. Why would we not want to do that? But how are we going to ever do it if we don't know who he is? If I was to tell you I'm going to put the greatness of Michael Jordan on you. And if you look at me and say who is Michael Jordan? Then you have no idea. You didn't understand the fullness of what that is. But since you do know who that is. Then you already imagined in your mind. Man, I mean, I might change skin tones, but you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be great at what I do. And why aren't we learning more about Jesus? What is he? What would it profit a man if he what if he gains the whole world but he loses his soul? What will a man give in exchange for his life? Well, why can't we substitute this for one series that we might watch each week? I mean, to whom much is given much is required God's not calling none of us here to be pew warmers God's called you to be here to become a disciple so that you can go out and make disciples so that you can teach people how to live in this fullness the same fullness that I'm preaching to you here this morning I know I'm getting off my notes here a little bit but you know I, I don't want to I, I don't want to say hey no Holy Spirit you know you can't talk about that because I've got something together but the reality is I sat down and the Lord gave me this message in an hour and I've never put a message together in an hour before but God because everything that I do is for his glory and for his honor he honored me with something that was dear to my heart. Let me continue here. So let, now let's, I want us to, now that we talked about honor for just a moment here, because we saw where Jesus was dishonored, right? In his own hometown. Now follow with me over to Matthew chapter 8, verses 5. Matthew chapter 8, verses 5. I'm doing good on time. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Read along with me. It says, verse 5, it says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman soldier came and pleaded with him. Let's just stop for a second before we keep reading. A Roman soldier. Was he a Jew? 
He was a Gentile. He was anything that's not a Jew is a Gentile. So I'm just going. We're all sitting here as Gentiles unless you are Jew. You, you're not from New York. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you caught my little innuendo there. Because there's more. There's a lot of Jews that live in New York. So so uh, and that's no pun intended against anybody that may be viewing us by no means. Um, so and then here it says a Roman soldier came and pleaded with him, Lord. First he addressed him. You see, notice how he addressed him. And he wasn't even a Jew. He wasn't even a chosen person. Follow along with me. He said, Lord, my, ser my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you to come into my home. Watch these underlines. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am, we'll look at the underline, under the authority of my superior officers. And, and I have, watch the underline here again, I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, you see the word underline there, say, go and they go, or come and they come. If I say to my slaves, do this, they don't, they do it. Verse 10, watch this. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. See again, we're seeing again where Jesus was amazed. He was caught off guard, if we could just kind of say it that way, because this was this was not common. You see me, you follow along with me. This, he, this was not common. So he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. But why do you think Jesus had to say, I tell you the truth? Do, do we think Jesus ever lied? So if this is in the scripture, it's for us to read. So, so why would he say, I tell you the truth? To place emphasis on what he's about to say here. The emphasis. The emphasis. So, so usually when we see something that's emphasis, it's italicized. It's underlined. It's bold-faced. You notice how I did some of this as well? He, he's putting emphasis on this. So I want to do the same thing here. Now watch what he says. He said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith. Hold time out. You telling me you can see faith? Yeah. Faith isn't just believed; it's also it also becomes visual. Yeah. It becomes visual by what? What did James say? By my work, by my faith, you will see my works. Show me your works without faith, and I show you my faith by my works. We're seeing this. You can't make this stuff up. I'm just all I'm doing is I'm just letting the Bible speak to you right now. This isn't me. This is, this is not in my notes. This is just the scripture of God. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. So what is God's Word? Jesus Christ. This is just Jesus Christ. Verse, four, verse, uh, verse 14 said, And the Word dwelt amongst us and became flesh. The Word became alive. Oh, that'll preach right there all by itself let me continue here and he said verse 11 he said i tell you i tell uh, i will go back i tell you the truth i haven't seen faith like this in all of israel verse 11 he said and i tell you this that many gentiles will come from all over the world that's me you from the east and the west and sit down with abraham isaac and jacob at the feast of the kingdom of heaven thank you lord but many israelites who are the israelites God's chosen. If I choose you, then that means I what? I picked you. He picked him. This goes all the way back to Abraham. Now, he picked Abraham because he became the father of many nations. Let's continue here. It says, verse 12, but many, but, I almost said many nations, but many Israelites, those for who the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 13, watch this. So watch the, understand these underlines. Then Jesus said to the Roman soldier, go back home because you believed. Because you believe. Now we're translating this word believe as in to honor or to also to obey. You've obeyed. You have fallen under my honor. You've honored me 
with your words. You've honored me by recognizing who I am. And so many times we forget who Jesus is. You know, we took communion this morning to do what? To remember who he was. And he said to do this often in remembrance of me. And so how many times are we allowing our flesh to be broken? Because, man, look at this today. When we allow our flesh to be broken, what are we doing? Lord, I'm being broken as you are broken. Lord, I'm not poor and I didn't just cut my finger and I got a couple drops of blood coming out. No, Lord, I'm, I'm pouring it all out for you. I ain't telling nobody to cut herself. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is, is spiritually, are we pouring it all out? And, 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 and this, is, this is exactly what Jesus was trying to make the children of Israel understand that I've not seen, I've not seen faith this great in all of you. So, and as we continue to read, I don't want to let the cat out of the back here. So he said, go back home because you believe it has happened. It has or it will? It has. It has. Oh, you got to get this. Has is what? Past tense? It's already taken place. All he had to do was recognize who Jesus was. He just had to recognize him. He had to honor him. And so all of this came to fruition. All of this had already taken place. You see, we even go back to Psalms 139. He said, Lord, before I have lived one day, every day of my life was written in your books. God's wrote a book about your life. He's wrote a book about your life. Are we walking in parallel? Are we walking in fellowship? Are we walking mutually in the way that God's called us to walk? I, I, I know I'm getting a little academic here now, but that's okay. Now, follow along with me. And the young servant was he was healed, past tense, that same hour. Follow me over to one more, one more book, Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. And, and, and I'm getting to a point here, and we're getting closer to a closing. This is my first closing. I'll have, I'll have a second and a third closing. <laughs> I got a few laughs. Y'all are a little bit better crowd than who was here last week, besides mom. She, she got it last week. <laughs> Matthew chapter 15 verses 21 through 28 listen to this then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon a who a Gentile woman that means she was not Israelite she was not a chosen person she was not a descendant a Gentile woman who lived there came to him so what did she do first she came to him she pleading having mercy on me who Oh Lord, son of David. So what did she first begin to do here? She recognized his position. She honored him. She honored him. If we could just stop for a minute. Who knows the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. That's what we would read in the King James Version. But what does it say in our modern translation? Holy is your name. So what are we doing? We're honoring. Before we even do anything else, we're honoring his position. Are we getting this? As we moving into the more into the and knowing what we're aiming at, we gotta recognize that we've got to be honorable. We've got to be honorable. Man, we're just preaching really good here this morning. And it said, Oh Lord, son of David, my daughter is possessed by demons that torment her uh, her severely. King James Version would say vex. It means the same thing. Verse 23, and it said, But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. He didn't even give her his word. Then disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She is bothering us with all of this begging all her pleading, all of her groveling. Verse 24, then it said, Then Jesus said to the woman, I was only sent to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Watch this. Verse 25, But she came and worshipped him, pleading again. You notice the word again. Again. God, did you not hear me the first time I asked you? Did you not hear me the first time I asked How many times have God answered you in the first time that you asked Him? <laughs> I'd venture to say probably hardly, hardly ever. I mean, you begin to think about that. So what did you do again? 
you asked him again. You remember being a kid and your mom or your dad said, hey, if you clean your room, I'm gonna take you to McDonald's to get a McFlurry, or I'm gonna take you to Dairy Queen. Did I have Dairy Queen up north? Okay, so I'm good on that. So it, in the south? Okay, <laughs> so, so if they say, hey, I'm gonna take you to, you clean your room, do what you're supposed to do, I'm gonna take you to Dairy Queen. So what did you do? If you got busy cleaning your room, what did you come back to your mom and daddy say? I cleaned my room. And then they just look at you, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they go back to what they're doing. They heard you the first time, but guess what, what did you do? Hey, I cleaned my room. You promised me an ice cream. Then what did you just do? You brought their word back to them, did you not? And then what did they do? Did they not honor it? I mean, you might not have hopped in the car like right then, but they were reminded of their word. When we remind God of his word, God, your word says that by your stripes I'm healed. Lord, by your word has promised me that I am the head and not the tail. Lord, your word has promised me that I am the righteousness of God. Lord, your word has promised me that everything that I do, what did he promise Joshua this morning? If you will follow the letter of the law, and if you will not deviate from it to the left or to the right, but then if he continues, if you meditate on it day and night, these were the clean your room, get everything from up under your bed, clean your closet out, then what was the promise? He said that you will be successful in everything that you do. Everywhere you put your foot is yours because it's promised. Is this hitting home with you this morning? It's just not encouraging to hear that the Word of God is that sure word of prophecy. Let me continue on here. And, and, and it said, And she came and she worshipped Him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded. Listen to this response here now. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. I don't care how you read that verse. You know what He called her? He called her a dog because she wasn't a chosen one. And it wasn't right that she receives what was not rightfully hers is what that just really comes down to. But notice this. Notice this next part right here. She replied, that's true, Lord. Again, she, she honored. Oh, she honored she honored him. She said, but even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath the master's table. And Jesus said in verse 28, he said, dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your faith is great. But yet he looked at the Israelites and he called them a, a people of no faith. Or he even referred to Peter at times, you lack faith or you of little faith. But yet in two incidences right here, we see through scripture, this was the only two times that Jesus ever used the word great faith. Great faith. And great faith was represented by what? Honor. Honor. Is your faith great this morning? If Jesus was to look at you this morning, does he see great faith? Does he see the honor that comes out of your mouth? You recognizing who he is, not just in this one thing, but in all things. Well, what was the last song that we sung? That uh, my desire, my desire is to know you. What did, what did Paul say? He said that I might know you. I might know you what? In your death and then the power of your resurrection. Because before we can resurrect, we must first what? We must die. Why are we walking around half dead? What do we call them? What does what, what these shows call them now? Zombies? Why are we walking around like a bunch of zombies now? You know, the, the walking dead. Well, I know that show's like way past over, but I'm just, I, I'm getting to a point here. It's that we're walking around half dead when God has called us to fully die. And we can never resurrect to the newness of life until we are dead. You've heard this example time and time and time and time again. 
How many of us have been to a funeral? Yes, we all have. How many people did we see sit up in the casket and say, hey, I don't like the way you comb my hair. Well, for me, they wouldn't be combing my hair. But <laughs> I don't like the clothes you put on me. I didn't like the makeup. I didn't like this and I didn't like that. I didn't like you didn't have my jewelry on me. I don't like that my casket was closed. Uh, did anybody ever see that? Why? Because they're dead. When we're dead to self, we carry no image. We don't care what we look like before people. It doesn't matter what we look like when we're in the grocery store witnessing the people. It doesn't matter what, it, what we look like when we see somebody we ain't seen in five years and our conversation quickly goes from, hey, how are you doing? Man, let me tell you about Jesus. Are we ashamed of that? Romans 1.16, for I am unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Unashamed. Let, 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 me, let me get on here because I'm, I'm trying to get to a closing uh, I, I've got about eight minutes left here. So here we have two incidents. I'm just reading from my notes for a moment. So here we have two incidents where Jesus used the term great faith. These are the only two recorded times that Jesus made mention. Shame on me. I did not capitalize Jesus' name in my notes here. Lord, forgive me. But you are the big J of my life. Uh, Jesus made mention of faith. And they just happened to be from two Gentiles, not even God's chosen people. But what happens here is we saw a great display of honor. What did we see from the Roman soldier? First was his honor of calling Jesus Lord. Secondly was the position of authority. The Roman soldier believed the spoken word and what is belief synonymous with that's right it's obedience obedience on the word go home he told him to go home your servant was healed your servant's already healed it's already taken place how many times have we operated on the word go by faith how many times have you already done things brother joseph by faith go by faith, Hebrews 6, 11, 11 and 6, for without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's impossible to, to please him. So what did we see from the Gentile woman? First, she acknowledged his lordship. Her persistency in asking and then the honor she showed while she was dishonored. The honor that she showed while she was dishonored. Anybody remember the story about Samuel? His mother, his mother um, Hannah. Hannah, she went to pray in the temple and Eli was the priest. And she was over there praying and he just saw her mouth moving but he heard no words. And he come over here and he said, get out of the temple, you drunken woman. Thought because she was just moving her mouth but no words was coming out, he thought that she was drunk. But what did she do? She looked at him and she honored him. Even though Eli was so wicked, he was a wicked priest. Matter of fact, after his reign as priest, the Lord even said that they'll no longer, that your family will no longer be the priests of the temple. So, so what happened here? Levi, uh, Eli was a Levite, and the Levites were, they didn't get an inheritance of the land, they became the priests of the temple. And so what, when, when Eli dishonored God's word, the promise of being, being priest, he was rejected because he lacked honor. We're getting here. We're getting here. Hannah honored him, but yet even though Eli was dishonorable. Let me, let me continue here. And it said, and yes, Jesus referred to her as a dog, but she, made, she remained humble in knowing her position and in knowing his position, she had honor. This shows that honor is synonymous with revelation because she recognized who he was. This honor, that's how she honored him, brought a revelation to her of who he really was. It wasn't by his works. It was by how he carried himself, the words that he spoke him. So, so, so many individuals lack honor for God's position. And in doing so, they are not living a life that is pleasing to God. We've all been guilty of that. But see, the thing is today is to not leave that same way. 
to understand how honor is synonymous to belief, how honor is synonymous to obeying, because all I did was just open the scripture and let you read it for yourself. That's why I love to put it on the screen, because when you see it there, you can't deny if you read that very same thing in your Bible, in which they do, you know that it's true. It's absolute. It's, it's truth because that six says that that was legit because I authored it. So when God's authored his word, it doesn't matter what we say. It doesn't matter what we believe from there. The truth is still the truth. I got four minutes. I'm closing here. Second closing. <laughs> so in John chapter 14, two verses here. John chapter 14, verses 23 through 24. Baby, you're doing a good job over there, my love. Jesus replied, All who love me will. Maybe you might. I'm suggesting. I'm recommending. All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not what? So again, before we keep reading, obey, honor, disbelief. These are all synonymous. Listen to this. For, and for those that don't honor me, those that don't obey me, Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. Hold on, time out. They're coming out your mouth. Pastor James, I hear you speaking, but, but do you not hear what the Holy Spirit's saying this morning? So what He's wanting you to do is He's wanting you to hear the voice inside of His voice. So here's what He's saying. He said, and, and remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. After this message today, after you've heard about honor, dishonor, belief, disbelief, obedience, disobedience, you are now to understand the aim of pleasing God is essential. This is, this is essential in pleasing Him. I'm left-handed, so some of y'all might, who's right-handed in here? Man, I'm I'm like I'm the I'm the lonely person here. I'm left-handed, so 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 it, it works out good that I'm gonna show you that what as I'm aiming that I'm missing the target. But see now I'm giving you hope, I'm giving you encouragement that you can hit the target. And here's how you start. Here's how you start with hitting the target. It's being honorable. Being honorable, not just to him but the entirety of Him. All of Him. All of His Word. This must penetrate every fiber of who you are. These are people's lives that are in the balance of your right now decision. Because remember when I was at your house the other week, I said, you're going to reach people that I can't reach. And why is that? Because you're here. You're, you're not here just to be filling the seat. God's placed you here. And in the book of Psalms, it's Psalms 92, I believe it is, it says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Have, have we, you've worked at Home Depot, you ever seen one of those plants put itself in a pot? <laughs> we, don't, we don't see that happen. And see, in so many times we see people trying to plant themselves somewhere when if they just let God plant you, because when God plants you, it says you're going to do what? It's you're going to flourish. So, 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 so if you're going to flourish, then that means you've got to be in the right place. And, and, I, know, and I know without a doubt, brother, if you've heard, you've heard the call of God. Be here. Be encouraged. There's no expectations from me for anybody here except for what God expects out of you. That's the only expectations I have for anybody because that's the same thing that God expects from me. So why would he want any less from you? He's no respecter of person. Let, let, let me finish this up here because there's life's in the balance of your right now decision. Will you apply this type of honor and love to your purpose of pleasing God? This is your decision and I'm rooting for you to be all that you can be 
in God's army. You remember that army commercial back in the day, be all that you can be for the army? I'm telling on my age here a little bit, and it sounds like Brother Bobby is, is telling on his age as well. Um, but I didn't join the army, I joined the Marines, I guess because <laughs> they say a bunch of jarheads joined the Marines. But it's okay, uh, God had a plan, and, and I've loved the plan that he has for my life. And it doesn't matter what it looks like because I walk by faith and not by sight. Let me pray with you here this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, today. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord, that has been life-changing, that, that you want it to be life-changing, Lord. We didn't come, Lord, this morning, Lord. You didn't come to inspire people, but yet, Lord, you come, Lord, to reveal yourself to them, to me as well. Those that are viewing us online, those that are listening to us via podcast, God has a plan. And God wants to continue to reveal himself to you. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord, that came this morning, Lord, that your word was revealed to us, Lord, so that we could be transformed into the likeness and the image of who you are, of what you've called us to be. Lord, help us to take this word to heart, Lord, today, to be the everything that you've called us to be. Help us, Lord, to continuously to walk in honor of your word, Lord, to recognize you, Lord, for everything that you are. For for as Moses said, who do I tell them sent me? I am that I am, or I am the way has sent me. I am the life has sent me. I am the alpha has sent me. I am the omega has sent me. There's so many things, Lord, that you have described yourself as I am. Lord, we think back to when we introduce ourselves to people, when we say, hi, I am James. We are first introducing you to them before we mention our name, Father. I am all things in you. As Paul spoke, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lord, strengthen us, Lord, here this morning to go forth, Lord, and to, to perform your word and to everything that you've called us to, Lord. Bless us, Lord, as we part ways, Lord, here today. Be with us and bring us back, Lord, safely again next week as you see fit. We praise you, we glorify you, and we honor you in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Amen and amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.